You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I'm your host Andy Storch and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others and lessons learned along the way so we can help you with your NFT journey wherever you might be on that journey whether you're just starting out and trying to figure out what the heck is an NFT, or you've been around for a few months or a year like I have, and you're still trying to figure out what the heck is going on. I'm all about helping to educate people and and share stories to hopefully help you with your journey. And today I'm joined by a guest, my new friend, Chris Hartley Romero. Chris is a friend I made through the VFriends community. He's an NFT collector from up in Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada, and I'm excited to have him on. Chris, welcome to the show. Andy, thank you. Stoked to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. You just showed me your awesome view from your pad there in uh, downtown Vancouver overlooking the port. I'm jealous because you probably have cooler weather than us, but I'm sure there's times a year where you wish you were in Florida. So, you know, it's like maybe a place in both would be good. I don't know. Yeah, maybe pros and cons. Pros and cons, pros and cons. Exactly. So we're here to talk about NFTs. Tell me, how did you first get into Web3? I think you you started with Bitcoin or something in the cryptocurrency. Yeah. So very close to the beginning of the pandemic, I kind of started investing. I had, uh, you know, I'd, I'd save some funds over the years and I had never even opened a tax-free savings account. So I started doing that. In the meantime, I had a couple of friends who both had invested in Bitcoin and I was had gained a, a slight interest. Like, what is crypto? You know, I was watching the Bitcoin charts. Yep. For months, I had been thinking about withdrawing from one betting account in Bitcoin, which would have been about two Bitcoin. But okay. I just... I was none the wiser at the time. But actually, so. let's back this up. You said betting account. And I think in the notes, you said you spent a couple of years as like a professional gambler or something. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pro, I guess, is uh, is up for debate as to how you want to perceive it. But, yeah, I, was, I was doing it for an income. So yeah, I was full time for just over two years. Yeah, yeah. On gambling on what? On, on sports? 99% hockey. Okay. Primarily hockey. So, so basically like just looking at the lines every day and using knowledge about like what you know about the sport. Yeah, and, and knowledge is huge. I definitely think, you know, visualizing what is going on is a huge part of it. Um, mm. There's a lot you can't derive from statistics, but that does play a role as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just, I played hockey growing up and, and followed it, you know, through my teens and twenties. And I just opened my first betting account in 19, right? With $50. And yeah end up building it a little bit, lost it all, like just making rookie mistakes and over the years. Okay. And then it got to the point where I was playing with enough money that it made sense to try and at least give it a go and, and give it my full attention. So yeah. And you yeah. did that for two years, you said? Yeah, just over. Definitely wore on me though. I, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a high stress thing when you're using your own bankroll, your own funds, you know, and sometimes like it's just it comes down to probability in the end, you're going to have bad streaks and that can really wear on you. Like, yeah, it's easy to, you know, the big wins, you almost expect them when you're putting in the work and you have confidence in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing everything right and you just are continually in in a, like a bat, things aren't going your way. There's still a huge element of chance, no matter how much, you know, like a team, watching watching the raffles right now. Right. Like, you know, I don't know what that is. Ends. What's the rap? Oh no, sorry for the book game or, 
or yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Raffles right, is all right. chance, right? You can, yeah, people are going in with nine entries, not winning one. They're like, what's going on? It's like, well, that's just how sometimes, you know, you can flip a coin 10 times and lose every time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just curious from the, the betting thing, just two things. One, what is like a key to success? Because I, I did dabble in some sports gambling many years ago in my twenties and I got away from it because it was a, it was a problem for me, but I tend to be, I think an emotional better and investor and I imagine it requires a lot of discipline. And then I'm curious, why, why did you stop? Yeah. I mean, it's anyone can make money sports betting, right? Then yeah. it becomes a question of how much, but like, for example, and they don't encourage you in sports books will actually inhibit you. They won't. Well, I've never been fully banned, but I have had a sports book limit me to $5 per bet. Hmm. So you can't, you can't do anything. You can't do anything $5. Yeah. But you can, you know, you can arbitrage bet where you can hit both sides of a line for a guaranteed profit. Hmm. You know, you know, you need to have multiple accounts, always shopping for the best line. You need the line shop. But I think in terms of, you know, that's really relevant to the point of like how you are and, and you brought up the emotional state, like yeah. you need to have rules that you abide by and you never break yourself, right? Mm. You need to know your limits. You need to know your bankroll. Say you have a thousand dollar bankroll. Yeah. Well, realistically, you shouldn't be ever betting more than $20 a bet, right? Okay. So you can spread that out and you can keep going. Yeah. You, you, you know, your bankroll needs to be the, the maximum amount that you can lose. Like that's everything that you have to work with. And then really, I mean, you're looking at one to 2% of bet and that's not parlays, right? Parlays are often death Mm -hmm. and you should be, say you're like doing a parlay with two, you should be minimizing that by 50%, right? Okay. So yeah, it's just, I mean, honestly, you got to put in the work, you got to have discipline, you got to know what you want to do before beforehand, right? You need, you need to set yourself up and the listening to your own rules and having the discipline is everything, right? Right. Yeah. So why'd you get out? Because honestly, it just, uh, I used to love watching hockey. I used to enjoy it. And I got to the point where, you know, I mean, in 2018, I was, you know, on a roll there. Mm -hmm. I I was every day in it, you know, starting like three, 4 a.m. all day. I had a serving job at the time too. So, you know, I'd go work at night while the games were on, come home, watch, you know, a couple hours, catching myself up on everything, mm-hmm. starting prep for the next day. And all day, every day, I was just head, head first. And yeah, I mean, it just got to the point where that was just like the last thing on earth I wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, it was just too much. To yeah, just, yeah, it wore on me. So I All right, to so during that time, you you heard about cryptocurrency, you had friends that told you about it, and then this is like mid-2020, you started looking at it? Yeah, it was the summer. I believe the first summer. I'd have to look. But anyways, um, I'd been learning about Bitcoin and attended some virtual conferences and whatnot. And uh, and so I bought Bitcoin and, you know, didn't have like over a Bitcoin, but I I'd compiled a decent amount, right? Mm-hmm. And then I ended up using those funds to, you know, buy, uh, buy crypto and, and buy my 2V friends that I first bought. Yeah. So how did that come about? I imagine you've been following Gary V for a while or tell me. The yeah. Story. So I've been, I mean, listening to Gary's, you know, podcasts almost religiously since I mean, uh, 29, 2019, yeah, same. somewhere around yeah. there. I mean, yeah, I just, I always vibe with Gary and, and I, uh, picked up what he was putting down, you know, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, he started talking about NFTs and, and that, you know, moving w- once you have an understanding of the blockchain, right? Like it takes a little time to really sink in. Like why, why is there a use case for Bitcoin? You know, yeah. what's the, what's the history of, 
financial markets and like the history of money. I think that's the best place to start with it. Mm -hmm. And then from that understanding and then understand like NFTs is just so much easier and it really does make sense. I think there's this false perception and we still see it. People like all you need to do is read a comment section of an Instagram post talking about NFTs to Mm -hmm. know how early we are and how clueless the majority of the public is. I mean, you'll see, Oh, screenshot. Oh, you know, like it's mine now. It has nothing to do with that. You know, it's, it's, right. uh, it's just a, a lack of understanding. So and once, once you understood it, it took me a little while, like what got you really excited about this, uh, the concept and the idea of NFTs? Well, it may, it makes sense, right? It makes sense to, you know, tokenize ownership. Like, you know, a big one for me, when I think of major brands, you know, think of, you know, Gucci or Versace, to be honest, I have no, I I wouldn't care if I had $20 billion. I don't have interest in designer stuff, Mm -hmm. but for the people that do, I mean, they are paying a hefty amount of money for clothing for these brands. If I were on the team of say Gucci, I would want to recognize those who contribute most to our brand, who are our biggest supporters. Right. You know, the ability to tokenize that and say, okay, you know, we're launching our, our Gucci drop, you know, you're going to get a limited edition coat and you'll get our NFT. And then to be able to provide residual value in perpetuity to all those people who bought originally. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's huge. And then when you count in the ability to add royalties, I, I think you want to see a project have royalties because then you know there's incentive for them to continue to provide value. Right. Yep. Right. So, like, just the idea of that. And then you look at sporting events. When I was traveling Europe, I connected, collected magnets wherever I went. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thought of maybe being able to go to the Eiffel Tower one day. <clears throat> I hope no one steals my idea because I've been working on this, but, uh, you know, and be able to collect like an AR NFT that maybe you can display in your home, but you had collected in person from that site. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot that hasn't been created yet, but there's so much potential in the space, you know? Yeah. Or like you mentioned sporting events and I've used to go to a lot of sporting events. I'm sure you've been to a lot of hockey games probably. And, you know, to have the NFT from each game that you've been to, with like a recap of that game, you know, for me, like it's not hockey, but college football, I grew up a huge fan of and still go to a few games a year from my alma mater. And uh, I like vaguely remember most of the games I've been to, but not all the details. It'd be nice to have like a little, you know, digital ticket or token from each game that I went to and like the recap, like here's what happened in this game. Here's how it ended, that kind of thing. That'd be really cool to look back on mm-hmm. and then, you know, to share with your friends. It's just people collecting ticket stubs, right? You look yep. back, like I still have a box of all my ticket stubs from when I was a kid. You know, people, they want, you, you collect memories. When, when you break down life, I mean, you know, what you hold dearest is those moments with the ones you care about, the ones you love, things that you're passionate about. So to be able to kind of like stamp that moment in time and also to be able to trade it potentially, I mean, there's yeah. an aspect to it that just, it, it just makes sense. Right. So. so interesting element to this, you know, you and I, we met through VFriends. We both came into NFTs through VFriends. We're recording this on May 11th of 2022. This is going to air a couple of months later, probably. But tomorrow is the one-year anniversary from when VFriends opened up, which is kind of crazy. And yeah. we're also going to meet in person in a couple of weeks at VCon, where we're going to use an NFT as a ticket for the conference. The app just came out yesterday, and you have to connect your wallet and like. So there, all these things are happening in real time, which is which is pretty exciting to see, like Gary V and V Friends kind of leading the way in this and creating something with you know NFT utility. It's all pretty exciting. 
I'm over the moon excited for VCon. It, yeah. it looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. And, and yeah, yeah. So what did you pick up a year ago when, when this all opened up? So my original plan was to buy a core, right? At the yeah. time, you know, I don't know. I, I must have had, I, I mean, yeah, I just, I didn't have as much as I had at one point. And maybe that was attributed to, I don't know, just, you know, different things. But mm-hmm. I wasn't floating in cash, right? So I was, yeah. you know, buying a core was, you know, it was about 2000. Yeah, what, core at the time was 0. 0.5 for the floor. It was a Dutch auction going down from like 1.5 to 0.5. Most yeah. of them sold for 0.5, which was ETH was at $4,000. So about. Yeah. And Gary had been, he mentioned VFriends first when it was about two. And in the yeah. time from when I was watching it and waiting to buy ETH. Yeah. It, it just doubled. kept going up. Yeah. So I was, I was going to buy a core and I had my characters that I was set out to get. You know, I like the swaggy sea lion. I mm. like, uh, what else did I like? I like the humble hedgehog. Mm. There was a couple others, but I was trying to be patient and wait for a character that I like near floor. Right. Yep. And I pulled trigger on a humble hedgehog one day and the transaction fate, this was day one. Mm. And I think someone had just scooped it before I had. Right. And so I'm like, I didn't see anything and 700 hit the floor. Yeah. So I actually ended up, although I was watching the auctions every single day, I didn't buy until the last day. I bought a sincere skunk. It was the 10th or 11th last core to sell. Wow. 4,700. So, okay. And it actually said that transaction failed as well, but then it was in my wallet. So (laughs) for a second, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I I had all this opportunity to buy and I missed it, but got the sincere skunk. And then over the coming days, you know, all those specs were sitting at the floor. Yep. Crazy. You remember there was what over 500 for sure. Mm -hmm over yep. 700. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I made this list. It was about a 50 characters and what versions of them were left, you know, obviously lots of bubble gum and lava, a couple hollows. And I kind of clued in on a couple characters that I liked and it ended up, uh, you know, I was looking at the bubble gum diamond hamster and that sold and it kind of choked me to the point that I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. Like I waited, I missed the one I wanted. So I bought the gold optimistic otter, you know? Oh yeah, that's right. So, Fellow optimistic yeah, otter. Yeah. Okay. I've you got, got the, the hollow optimistic otter. That's right. You're, you're, you're leading the pack. Oh man. Yeah. The hollow. I was, I had my eye on that optimistic otter. That was my number one character. And I was, I think I was sitting there clicking refreshing. Like, do I ride this to the floor or do I get it ahead of time? Like, no, I'm going to ride it to the floor. And I think Right after it hit that floor of three ETH, I went and grabbed it. And that was the third, second, or I think it was the second one that I bought nice. out of the five that I bought at the at the auction. And yeah. yeah, but it was like, it was a nerve wracking time, right? You're like looking at all the characters, making lists, you know, for those that weren't involved in that, you know, you're talking about a, a Dutch auction, starting at a high amount going down for 10,000 different NFTs that you can choose over whatever it was, like a week, five days. And yeah. you're picking out the characters that you want. Like everybody else is on there refreshing. There's a hundred thousand people in the discord talking about it. It was, it was crazy times. And yet, like you said, a lot of things sat there. Like I ended up getting a wow. gift code. I mean, gift code sat on the floor for days at five ETH, their floor yeah. price. It's amazing. It's funny looking back, just what a steal it all was, you know? I mean, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it yeah. Just, the core seemed at the time like the most obvious play. You know, I remember yeah. Gary talking about how it was going to be a super conference. You look at prices of super conference tickets. Yeah. You're getting three. It just 
that so i mean i you know i wish i could go back and just buy a bunch of cores but yeah i mean from an roi perspective yeah an roi perspective the core was the best investment for sure specs will still be great we'll have their day i think we have a surprise coming he said after vcon and and who knows what will happen at vcon which will be really cool Thanks again for listening to My NFT Journey. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to let you know that our podcast right now is sponsored by Voice.com. Voice is an easy place for creators to create carbon-neutral NFTs. That's right. You may have heard about NFTs from the outcry around environmental impact and how much energy is being burned by Bitcoin and Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies and NFTs and tokens traded on the blockchain. Well, Voice is 65,000 times more energy efficient than Bitcoin and 17,000 times more energy efficient than Ethereum. So if you're looking to create some NFTs very easily or buy some NFTs, especially low-cost NFTs, very easily with US dollars and without burning lots of energy or impacting the environment, then check out voice.com. I am working on creating my own collection of NFTs on voice, and I've found so far that it's extremely easy. All you need is the right graphic, the right strategy, or what you want to create. Decide what you want to give to people when they buy the NFTs, and then go set it up. It only takes a few minutes. So go check it out, voice.com, and let me know what you think.